Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. That's the core shame belief that the we all absorb that as we're growing up. And we absorb that because when we're not getting the love we need, if we were to really get that the people who are supposed to love us are incapable, we might have checked out. We might have died. And so we decide it's our fault. The reason I'm not getting love is because I'm not worthy of love. And I just have to figure out how to do it right and be better and do everything great and be perfect and on and on, which are all those false beliefs that we can control. If only I do it right, I can control how other people feel about me and treat me. So we have to have that core belief, I'm not worthy. In order to believe that we can have some control by doing it right. Have you ever pondered the true essence of self-love and its profound impact on your life? Guided by Dr. Margaret Paul's insights on inner bonding, discover a compelling path to personal growth that emphasizes the importance of connecting deeply with oneself. This journey, rooted in self-awareness and healing, teaches us to embrace our inner child and higher self, leading to profound changes in well-being, relationships, and personal development. Dr. Paul's approach to inner bonding centers on emotions as crucial messengers, guiding us to differentiate between self inflicted wounds and external influences. Through her wisdom, we learn the art of self-compassion and accountability for our emotional health. By responding to our emotions with kindness, we open the door to a life of love, empathy and happiness. Embracing the boundless potential of self-love for a truly enriched life as Dr. Margaret Pauls beautifully demonstrates. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So good morning, good afternoon or good evening depending on what side of the globe you are sitting on. At this very moment we have another special guest for you. We have the beautiful Dr. Margaret Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So the way that we love to start the shows, we always love to ask our guests, what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, I was pretty much of a wreck as a kid because my mother was um, a yeller and I was a very sensitive kid. And so I had all kinds of problems. By the time I was five, she took me to a psychiatrist and he talked to me and he talked to her and then he talked to both of us. And he said to me, tell your mother not to yell at you. And I thought, 
I'm only five years old. You, you know, she's not going to listen to me. You tell her. And the next thought I had was, I can do a better job than you. And that's the moment I decided to do this work when I was five years old. And for our audience who um, have not come across your work, what exactly do you do? Well, I am a psychologist, but uh, I've created a wonderful, uh, it's an emotional mind, body, spirit, self-healing, self-healing process is completely different than traditional psychotherapy. I, I did traditional psychotherapy for 17 years and I was not at all happy with it. Uh, I'd had tons of my own therapy and, and the work with other people. And it just, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. So I started to pray for a process that would actually work fast and deep. And that's when I met the co-creator, Dr. Erica Chopich, and she had half the inner bonding process and I had half and spirit kind of came in and put it together in these wonderful six steps. And that was almost 40 years ago. So this has been evolving for a very long time. It's completely changed my life. The lives of now hundreds of thousands of people all over the world uh, who are learning and practicing inner bonding. So I mean, I just feel so, so grateful for this process because I tried so many things before that. And when you're talking about inner bonding, what exactly is that? So inner bonding is a definitive six-step process that um, teaches you to be present in your body with your feelings, how to learn from your feelings. Um, It's based on a concept of intention that there's only two intentions at any given moment. And one is to learn about what's loving to yourself and share your love with others. And the other is to protect against pain with various forms of controlling behavior, which is what most people learn to do. And so it's a, it's a process that teaches you how to take full responsibility for your feelings and learn from them, how to develop a very strong, powerful, loving adult presence, and how to connect with a higher source of guidance at will so that you can tap into that at any time to help you understand what's loving to you and loving to others, because we don't have very many role models in our society for what it really means to love ourselves. Most people have no idea. They think, oh, I'll take a hot bath and get my nails done, and that means I'm loving myself. But that really has very little to do with what it means to love yourself. Yeah, I think I've been on that journey, uh, Margaret, of the loving thyself, and that hasn't been an easy journey. Um, I think as, and I'm sure there's a lot of um, people out there that will be able to resonate with what I'm saying. I think we've, it depends on how you've been conditioned to push your emotions down to the point you become numb. And I think that's what happened to me. I just became numb. And it wasn't until I went on this uh, quest, I went on a seven-day fast in Thailand that really um, I sat with me. I sat with my feelings. It was frightening, can I say? And at the same time, it was the first time in my life, and I've shared this story not that long ago, uh, that I actually walked away saying, I trust you, I back you, and I love you. I've never been able to do that because I've been on that quest of loving myself and not really knowing what that meant. Yeah. Can we unpack that a little bit? Because there is a lot of there's a there's a lot of talk about the importance of loving yourself. And why is it so important? Well, if you're if you're not loving yourself, then it means you're abandoning yourself. And when we abandon ourselves, it's like abandoning a child. We have our soul, which we can call an inner child, who needs our attention, 
and who communicates to us very often through our feelings. And if we're operating out of our head and not in our body, which is step one of inner bonding, um, we don't, we're not getting the message. So it's like if you have a young child, let's say you have a baby and you put the baby to sleep and you go out to lunch. And what if the baby starts to cry? Good parents don't do that. They, they have a baby monitor on. And I call it having your baby monitor on where you're listening for your feelings. So if you're not taking responsibility for your feelings, what happens is that you, you end up feeling that numbness, that emptiness inside. And then what happens is that you want somebody else to fill that up for you. And so, so many people think that relationships are all about getting love and they're not, they're about sharing love, but we don't have love to share if we're not loving ourselves. We don't have love to share if we haven't learned to tap into the source of love, which is our higher guidance and bring that in and fill ourselves up so that we're not numb and empty. And then we can connect with others from a full place of love to share love. But what goes on for most people is because we've all learned to abandon ourselves as we were growing up. Our parents were role models for that for most of us. So we're abandoning ourselves basically in one of four ways. We abandon ourselves by staying in our head, not in our body, ignoring our feelings. We judge ourselves. We numb out with various addictions. And then we make others responsible for our feelings. So People get into a relationship thinking, oh, this person is going to love me and complete me and fill me up and make me feel lovable and, and worthy. And then, of course, because we meet at our common level of self-abandonment or self-love, we're going to meet somebody who wants that from us. And this is one of the major reasons why so many relationships don't work. Two empty people can't share love. Two people who are not loving themselves and haven't learned how to fill themselves up with love, they have no love to share. So then they're trying to get it from the other person. And then they start to try and control. And people control, you know, with, with anger or blame or uh, giving themselves up or withdrawal, punishing. There's so many ways of trying to control that doesn't lead to love. That doesn't lead to connection. It leads to alienation. And so without loving yourself, that's what's going to happen in relationships, whether it's with a partner, whether it's work or friends or family. We, we want connection, but we can't have that when we're disconnected from ourselves. And so learning to love yourself is very much about learning to connect with yourself and with your higher guidance and learn from your feelings, not ignore them. So how does that work? Because I know it's taken me a long time, 57 years, uh, to get to where I am. For those that have never experienced love, let's say they've been abandoned at a very young age, and because um, I know also the battle between the mind and heart, because I practice sitting my heart as often, but my mind still gets in the way. I still have this this like inner dialogue at times. Um, yeah. And so where does one start if they've never experienced love and they have experienced abandonment? How do they uh, even connect with themselves? Well, that's what the six steps of inner bonding are all about. So the first step is having the courage to go inside and feel your feelings, especially your painful feelings. Our feelings have so much to teach us. 
Um, we, we divide feelings into two different kinds of feelings. There's what we call the wounded feelings, which are the feelings that we cause with our self-abandonment, like anxiety and depression and guilt and shame and aloneness and emptiness and anger and jealousy and envy. We cause these in various ways, whether we're abandoning ourselves emotionally, abandoning ourselves physically by eating junk stuff that affects the brain and creates anxiety and depression, all kinds of ways that we're abandoning ourselves. And so, you know, as long as you're abandoning yourself, then that that monkey mind, that you know what you're talking about, about the mind going, that's what we call the wounded self. And the wounded self is programmed. We are all programmed with a ton of false beliefs. And so that part of us, if we're if we're not conscious of choosing the intention to learn about love, then we're automatically choosing the intention to control. And that mind is a major way that we try and control. So that's one kind of feeling, the ones we cause. Then there's the feelings of life. The, the feelings like, you know, that happen if somebody's mean to you or you lose somebody you love, uh, some, some tragedy happens. This is like the, the loneliness when we can't connect with someone, the grief of loss, the heartbreak of getting so hurt, uh, and, and uh, the sorrow when we see people hurting each other and, and the helplessness over others and over outcomes. These are very difficult feelings. And when we were young, Many of us had a lot of these feelings, a lot of loneliness, a lot of heartbreak. And most of us had no one there to help us handle these feelings. And so we learned to create this wounded part of us, this ego wounded self, to manage our feelings. But the problem is, is that we learned to manage them through all these forms of self-abandonment, which are now causing the wounded feelings. And so if you're not aware that you're causing your feelings from your false beliefs and your unloving actions towards yourself, then you're going to keep doing it. And so with inner bonding, people see, when I first started to practice inner bonding, I was 45 years old when I started to practice inner bonding. And I had had so many forms of therapy. And as I said, I was a practicing psychotherapist. Um, I I had been a very sickly child. And in my early 20s, I was tired of being sick. I started reading books about health and nutrition. I got a whole lot better. But when I by the time I was 45, I was really sick again. And I had no idea why. I was going to doctors. They said, your immune system's shutting down. You're heading for serious illness. I had no idea why. Then inner bonding came in. Uh, I'm so fortunate that it came in at that time. And as I started to tune into my feelings and listen to my feelings, that inner child started to speak to me. And one day I was doing a process of letting her really, I could feel that that inner child was really mad at me. And, and she started yelling at me because, see, I, I was a caretaker. I was, I was brought up to be a caretaker. I learned to tune into my parents' feelings um, and then older, my husband's feelings, my kids' feelings, my clients' feelings. I was out there taking care of everybody's feelings except my own. Well, you can't keep doing that and be healthy. It's completely draining. I had no idea that I was caretaking. I thought I was being loving, but I was just draining myself of life force energy. 
And so this one day, my inner child started yelling at me and saying, you know, you don't even know I'm here. You don't pay any attention to me. You're always just taking care of everybody else. You're totally tuned into everybody else. You're not tuned into me at all. And how sick do I have to make you until you pay attention to me? That's amazing. Yeah. And so I realized I can't keep doing this. I I didn't even realize that caretaking was a form of control, that I was trying to control how people felt about me. I was trying to get them to love me because I wasn't loving myself. And I realized at that time I had to learn to love myself. That was a huge. Sorry, I just I feel like I just cut you off. Are you saying that by being a caretaker, by being a giver, um, we're doing it because we want to be loved, but it's actually a form of control. And so that's a, that's a exter- seeking love external of them, of ourselves, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying that, see, we can be giving from a full place. We can be caring from a full place with no agenda. That's not That's not a problem. If we're loving ourselves and we're all filled up with love, we get great joy out of giving and caring. But if we're giving and caring, and ignoring ourselves and having an agenda that if we're loving enough, somebody's going to take care of us. Somebody's going to make us feel worthy and lovable. That's controlling. You see, anytime we have an agenda attached to our behavior, that's a form of control. And that's what I was doing because I was abandoning myself in all those ways and hoping that if I just took care of everybody else, then they would love me, which doesn't happen. Anybody out there who's listening to that and has done this, it doesn't happen. They just keep taking, you keep giving, they keep taking until you get sick. And that's what happened. That is so true. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying because I, I could relate with what you're saying, but I do it from a, a place of love. But I do abandon myself a lot of the times because I always put other people first, my clients yeah. first as well. So I've never looked at it as abandonment, which I love the way that you described, even from, from a food perspective. You know, I'll I'll actually make a, a bit of a joke saying, here's my self-saboteur again. I'm eating food that I should be eating. I never looked at it from an abandonment point of view. So yeah. that, thank you for, for uh, bringing that to light because that, that's, uh, I've had a bit of an epiphany actually. Great. Yeah, that's great. And so if people really want to do the healing work, the first thing they need to do is have the courage to get present in their body instead of staying up here to get present in their body. And that took me quite a while to learn. I was totally in my head, totally turned, tuned into other people, completely tuned out to myself. So it took me time to even remember to get inside my body. But that is so vitally important. We are born inside our body. We learn to get up in our head. And so it's going back to something that is natural for us to get present in our body and and to recognize that all of our feelings, every single feeling has vital information for us. Our wounded feelings are letting us know whether we're loving ourselves or abandoning ourselves. When we're loving ourselves, we're going to feel peaceful. We're going to feel full inside. We're going to feel a lot of love that we want to share with others. We're going to get joy out of giving love. But if we're abandoning ourselves, we're going to feel that emptiness, that numbness, um, that, that maybe anger or depression or guilt or shame. These feelings are letting us know that we are abandoning ourselves. 
And then, and then there's the core feelings, like I said, the existential feelings of life that let us know there's something going on with somebody else. There's something to attend to. Maybe somebody is dangerous. Maybe somebody is being really mean and we have to disengage and take care of ourselves. There's so much information from our feelings. They're a very powerful source of inner guidance. And, and at this point, I cannot imagine living without being tuned into my feelings, which is one source of guidance. And my higher guidance, we all all have higher guidance. We we weren't just dropped here alone. And it's not that hard to tune into it. And that's and and I could talk about how you learn to tune into your higher guidance if you want me to. I would love to. I'm also having another epiphany how how I know that for me to even like you're saying, sitting in your body, if you've been conditioned, like you said, like I've been very external focused, helping others, everybody else before me, right. there is a sense of, since I've been back from Thailand, even doing it for myself, sense of guilt, the guilt. When I, so when I do things yeah. for me, um, yeah. the guilt comes up. I don't know why, but it just comes up. Okay. So let me just do a little bit of process with you about the guilt. Okay. So you can see. So I want you to breathe into the guilt. Get present with the guilt that comes up if you're going to take care of yourself. Okay? And breathe into your heart and open to learning. That's step two of inner bonding, opening to learning about it. And just visualize whatever you can visualize as a higher source of love. And invite love and compassion and strength and wisdom and courage and truth into your heart. And that's what we call creating the loving adult self. Now go back into the guilt. This is now step three of inner bonding. Go back into the guilt. And ask that part of you, that's your inner child, that's your soul. What am I telling you? How am I treating you? What am I doing or not doing that's making you feel guilty? Because there's something you're doing from your wounded self, your program part. What are you telling your little girl that makes her feel guilty? Mm, that I'm not worthy of this attention and love. Okay. See, so that is, that's the core shame belief that the we all absorb that as we're growing up. And we absorb that because when we're not getting the love we need, if we were to really get that the people who are supposed to love us are incapable we might have checked out. We might have died. And so we decide it's our fault. The reason I'm not getting love is because I'm not worthy of love. And I just have to figure out how to do it right and be better and do everything great and be perfect and on and on, which are all those false beliefs that we can control. If only I do it right, I can control how other people feel about me and treat me. So we have to have that core belief, I'm not worthy. In order to believe that we can have some control by doing it right. So that, how old do you think you were when you absorbed that false belief that you're not worthy? Uh, I I feel like I I was probably about, I feel like 18 months, two years old is the first thing that comes to mind in France. Because I was born in France. Yeah. So there's a very young part of you that decided that as part of your survival. That was part of your survival. You needed to believe that. Because if at that young age, if you got that the people who were supposed to love you were incapable of it, you might have just checked out. So you had to think it was your fault because you're not worthy enough. 
Now, however, I mean, it was never true. It was never true that you weren't being loved because you were not worthy of love. And it's not true now. So do you have a higher source of guidance that you turn to? Yes, I do. I meditate all the time, every day. Yes. Okay. But I want you to visualize that higher source of guidance right now. I want you to imagine being in a beautiful place in nature, sitting in a picnic table with your higher guidance. And if you don't have an image, imagine an older, wiser part of you, you like 500 years older. And you're sitting at the picnic table (laughs) and you say to that higher self, am I unworthy? And what's the answer? No. No, the answer is no. (laughs) That's right. So then you ask, and this becomes, our higher guidance becomes the role model, what would be loving to me? When I feel that guilt, what would be loving to me? More love. It's it's yeah. it's yeah it's it's actually you it, I when I feel guilty, it's I need to inject more love into me. Yes, and you also need to remember that eighteen year, eighteen month old, two year old, and. Saying to her, honey, I know you're trying to help me, but you don't know anything. See, and you want to be a kind of firm parent, like with an acting out child. You need to be quiet. You need to step down. You are hurting the inner child because you're telling her a lie. So you need to be quiet. And you quiet down that voice. Because that voice just wants to control. You see, telling you that you're not worthy of of good things or of love is a form of control that you decided on at a very young age. But it's not serving you now, obviously. So as as a good parent, as a loving parent, you don't let that part of you act out. You say, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. And the fact is that ego wound itself is completely ignorant. It really knows nothing. The part of us that knows is our soul, our inner child. But the program part of us that we developed, that we created, we created that part as part of our survival, doesn't know anything. And it has no access to any truth. So it's our job to quiet that part and then bring in the truth and bring in the love. And hold that beautiful little girl in you and say, of course, you're worthy of love. You're wonderful. So I'm, I've got a picture. So I just need to, to confirm with what you're saying. Uh, I need a little bit more clarity. So you're saying that we have an inner child. And then over time, um, the, the, we, with this wounded child, so there's many inner childs within us, right? So there's obviously a wounded child. No, there, no there's only, we have a soul. Yep. And we can, we can call that soul an inner child because we know we have to take care of a child, but we don't often think about taking care of our feelings, which our soul communicates often through feelings. The wounded self has many ages, depending upon when we absorbed a false belief, when we may have had trauma, um, different things that happened to us. So we can be pre-birth, we can be 18 months old, we can be five, we can be 10, we can be an adolescent, we can be a young adult, depending upon the experiences that we had. And when we absorb false beliefs, we have many layers of false beliefs. So that part of us is many, 
has many ages, but the soul is is ancient. It's enduring. It's not really a child at all. It's it's the enduring part of us. And we only we call it a child just to remember that we're responsible for it. I got it. Thank you for for clarifying that for me. Because I do when you're talking about the soul, I do have even when I meditate and I have that connecting with um a source or uh, something that makes me feel like I don't exist in this vehicle. It is very childlike. The, the, the sensation that I feel, it is very, very uh, playful. Uh, so when you talk about the inner child and soul connection, I get it. And then the wounds is, of course, we have many wounds, right? And that's the ego aspect of thyself. Right. That's right. Yes, that's right. It, and it's, it's so it's a very, when I think about it, it's one of those things that you have to obviously do the work, obviously do the work. But it's a, it's a conscious thing. So if you if we've been programmed for such a long time, how quickly can we undo these programs? Because I know I've been doing this work for quite some time, and I feel like I'm still at it. I'll, I feel like I'll never be done with working on these. Well, programs. yeah, I mean it's a lifetime process, you know. And 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 I encourage people not to think about being done. Because we're here to evolve. I believe we're here to evolve in our ability to love and to manifest the gifts that we've been given with love. And so that's just ongoing. It's just an ongoing process. And the more we unpeel the layers of the false beliefs of the wounded self, the freer we are to discover more and more about who we are and our beautiful souls and the gifts that we've been given and how to express those in ways that are loving to us and to others. So to me, it's just an ongoing process. I've been doing this most of my life. Uh, I do inner bonding all the time. And by that, I mean that I've learned to stay in my body all the time now. So the minute I feel anything other than peace and fullness inside, I pay attention. Then I go through the, the other steps of inner bonding to see what's happening. How am I treating myself? Uh, or what's happening with another person or an experience, but I'm tuned into that. And so in a sense, I'm doing inner bonding all day. But at this point, because I've been doing it for so long, most of the time I'm fine. I'm peaceful. I'm happy. I'm full. But if I'm not, I'm going to attend to it. That's that's having your inner baby monitor on. I love the baby monitor. I'm going to use that. It's, I'm a visual person. So it's so- Excuse me. As soon as you said that, I thought that is such a great visual is having your baby monitor on. It's amazing. Right. But I still yeah. find myself it's it's uh, and I love the fact that you practice that daily. And when the when you feel that things are not aligned, then you check in with yourself or check in within your environment as to what is taking place for you to experience or feel the way that you are feeling. Right. And so I tune into what's happening whether it's inside me or or something external. And once I see what's happening, I go right to my guidance. And and I ask, okay, what's loving to me now? I'm asking that all day long, actually. What's loving to me now? What's in my highest good right now? And with practice, you can have that at-will divine connection. You can access that guidance at any time. It takes two things, and this took me a while to, to connect the dots of what it takes to really have at-will divine guidance. Being able to connect to your guidance is a matter of frequency. Guidance exists at a higher frequency than we do. 
we exist lower so we can see each other. Otherwise, if we were like guidance, we wouldn't see each other. So being able to connect with guidance is about being able to raise your frequency. And it takes two things. One is being open to learning. That is the major thing. You know, people, I've worked with people who have meditated for 20 years, but they've never opened to learning about loving themselves. So they never really connect with their divine guidance because that's what it's there for. You open to learning, not about the lottery numbers or whatever, but open to learning about what's loving to you, what's in your highest good. That raises your frequency. The second thing is to be able to raise the frequency of your body. Now, because I learned very early in my early 20s um, about food. I started eating all organic when I was 22 years old. That's a long time ago. I'm 84 years old now. And so it's been a long time that I've done this. And I've done it for two reasons. One is my health, but the other is to connect with my guidance. Because in order to have your body at a high enough frequency, you need to be eating clean, fresh, natural, organic food. Our body cannot tolerate the junk food that is in almost every aisle of every market. It just can't handle it. And so it takes a lot of energy for the body to deal with the food that's out. And of course, if you look around, when I was a kid, nobody even knew the word cancer. It was very little heart disease. Nobody knew autoimmune. No, nobody knew diabetes. I never heard of these things as a kid. But of course, it's rampant. And this is because of not just the junk food, but the stress in our society. But junk food is a big, big part of it. So if you want to connect with your guidance, you got to clean up your diet so that your body is at a high enough frequency. So when inner bonding came into my life and I understood about the intention to learn about loving myself. I'd been on a spiritual path for a long time, but I'd never been able to connect. But as soon as I realized about intention, bam, I started to connect. So I thought it was just, okay, I can teach people to open to learning and they'll connect with their guidance, but they didn't. And then I realized it was because both things, how I was eating for all those years and my intention to learn to love myself. And it does take both of those to have your frequency high enough to be able to connect with guidance at will, which we're supposed to be able to do. It's our birthright to be able to connect to that. Can I just say first, first and foremost, Margaret, you look amazing for your age. Absolutely amazing. Um, so when you're talking about food as well, do you, if you don't mind me asking, do you eat meat? I do. Um, my body does not do well on a vegan or vegetarian diet at all. I've tried it. It doesn't work. makes me really sick. Um, uh, you know, not that I like killing animals, but I need to live. And so, but it's all grass-fed organic and it's all humane. You know, I don't eat any factory farm produce or meats or anything. So, and I live in an area where I can just go right to the farm and where I know that the animals are humanely treated. And, um, but yeah, I, I do. I don't eat a lot. Um, it's mostly plant-based, but I need some in order to be okay. Yeah, I do too. I've tried vegetarian. I think I was vegetarian for eight years and then I became anemic. So I became very sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm the same, exactly the same. So you were talking about the six process from, uh, inner for the inner bonding process. What are the other steps? 
Okay, so step one is being present in your body and wanting responsibility for your feelings. Step two is breathing into your heart, open to learning, consciously opening to learning, setting your intention, and bringing in the love and compassion of guidance into your heart. <clears throat> Step three is going back in, like I did with you, to see what are you telling yourself? How are you treating yourself? And and I didn't go a little deeper with you, but in step three, we go into what the wounded self is trying to control. This is where we really discover the false beliefs. Because if the wounded self is saying, well, you're not good enough, it's important to go into depth about what you're trying to control when you tell yourself that. And so that's all part of step three. Step four, like we did, we open to guidance. We ask what's the truth about any false beliefs and what's loving to me. Step five is we take the loving action. And step six is we go back in and evaluate how we're now feeling as a result of loving ourselves. And if indeed we're loving ourselves, we're going to feel a lot of relief. So for anyone that's listening to uh, this interview right now, if they've got health problems, because I think that's what you were saying too, it, a lot of the times if you've got health problems, it could have something to do with you hanging on to your wounded self. Um, yeah. Relationship problems as well. Right. Yeah. And, and what about, I mean, I'm talking about all aspects. We're even talking about wealth and finance too. Would that impact Obviously, if you're hanging, if it will depends on what kind of wound you're hanging on to or trying to control, um, it would impact every area of your life, correct? Every area of your life, because, you know, manifesting is about your frequency. We don't manifest from a low frequency. We manifest from a high frequency unless, I mean, obviously, there's people who are very wealthy who get there by harming others, get there with deeply controlling behavior. I mean, I'm not willing to do that in order to have wealth. And so I would rather manifest it through a higher frequency and in co-creation with my guidance. So, yes, it impacts uh, physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, our relationships, organizational. All aspects of life are impacted by whether or not you're loving or abandoning yourself and whether or not you're letting your wounded self guide you in life or your higher self guide you in life. And so uh, I'm sure people are curious because I am too. What would some, without mentioning names, of course, what would be some of the things that you've experienced seeing other people go through the inner bonding process? And, you know, what, what, what kind of transformation have you experienced with some people? Just to give oh, us an example. Oh, so I, I, I work with a lot of couples, for example. And many of them, when they come to me, their relationship is hanging by a thread. They haven't had sex in years. Um, they don't enjoy being together. They don't have any fun. Uh, they have no idea why they're, you know, they may say they love each other, but their relationship is falling apart. I generally work with, if they're both willing to work, sometimes it's just one person. Um, even one person can have a very positive effect on the relationship. But I work with them about learning to love themselves. And when they learn to love themselves, they stop trying to control. They stop giving themselves up. They stop getting angry. They stop doing all the controlling things that are creating the problems. And I, I mean, I've been very, very successful with relationships. And so most of the time, it doesn't 
take all that time and and people start to connect with each other and they start to fall in love with each other again. They start to have sex again. They start to laugh. They start to enjoy themselves with each other. Because when you're when you're loving yourself and you're not trying to control the other person, you're not being needy, you're not being empty, you're not being overbearing, you're not giving yourself up. It's not very hard to heal a relationship when you're healing your relationship with yourself. Yeah, I can see how that works. And I always I always say nobody can make you feel anything unless you allow them to. Yeah, that's right. And that's I, right. Yeah, and I think that also, um, that is something that I've also learned over the years too, is is when I have an experience, I call them an experience, um, it's it's why am I experiencing this? And quite often I look within myself as to anxiety is a, a thing I experience a lot. Uh, but I think I've just learned that I'm just a massive empath and very, very sensitive. Uh, but but at the same time, it could be other things because I know that you work with anxiety and depression as well. Oh, yeah. And so I'm also an empath. I'm extremely sensitive. And it's a challenge for us to not pick up other people's feelings. But I used to be a very, very anxious person, really anxious. And I don't have much anxiety anymore. I, I will get anxious around people who are in a dark place. Uh, darkness really affects my, my body. I, I can't even like, I can't even watch any dark movies or anything because the darkness really, any kind of darkness or evilness just mm, um, affects my body. So I really try and take care of myself around that and not be around that. But um, most of the time I don't have anxiety, which is such a relief from all the years of anxiety that I had. But it's it's from practicing inner bonding and not scaring myself. I used to scare myself a lot. I mean, like when my kids were young, I mean, I just loved my kids. And and if I would go out with my husband to do something, I'd start to think about, oh, my God, the house is going to be on fire, you know, and I'd get absolutely terrified. I get so terrified I'd have to come home, you know, but that's it. It's your thinking. You know, at that time, I couldn't tune into what the truth was. I couldn't tune into, is my house really going to burn down? You know, otherwise I would have been able to tune in and say, okay, everything's going to be fine. I, now I, I Sorry, continue. No, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm smiling purely because I'm, I'm related to what you're saying. I cast, uh, I, I, um, uh, I did the same thing. I, um, catastrophe, catastrophize everything. Uh, yeah. and, that's, and I realized that those little stories were creating the anxiety. That's and right. So I'd be challenging that. I was like, is that real, for real, Catherine? Do you think that's really going to happen? But sorry, yeah. I cut you off. No, no, but that, that that's fine. You go ahead. But but you know, once I became aware that I had a source of higher guidance who knew way more than my wounded self about what was happening and could actually, I mean, I've had so many experiences now with my higher selves actually saving my life. My wounded self could never have known ahead of time what I needed to do. For, for example, I'll give you a very, one of the things that happened was that um, I was, I had been teaching on the East Coast at Cropalo and I was coming back. I lived in New Mexico at the time. So I drove into um, Albuquerque Airport and I was driving home, not, not driving fast. It was like 10 at night and not driving fast. And I heard a loud voice so loud that I thought someone was in the backseat of my car that said, slow down that loud. And I wasn't going fast, but I slowed down and Seconds later, 
a drunk driver careened across the freeway like inches from me really fast. And if I hadn't slowed down, I would have been broadsided and maybe killed. So there's no way my wounded self would have known that ahead of time. But my guidance knew it. Wow. And that happens with me all the time. My guidance, little things, big things, that my guidance is watching out for me. And that's what really creates a sense of safety. The wounded self thinks that it can make you safe, but it's it doesn't know anything. But your higher guidance is there for you all the time. And I, I mean, I, I I'm I'm in contact with my guidance now all the time. And it's amazing. It's an amazing way to live. I will never live any other way than to give my guidance control of my life, who loves me and adores me and wants me to be safe and healthy, than my wounded self who just wants to control. I love the way that you describe that. And you don't need to, it's just a matter of listening and going within and really just connecting with that higher source, isn't it? It's it's an understanding. I love the way that you describe the wounded self. It's like, what are you trying to control? Yeah. Which is, or avoid or protect it. I mean, the one self is trying to avoid, protect, control rather than love. It has nothing to do with love. That's so true. So, so true. So I am very conscious of your time, Margaret. Um, I could have you sitting here for another hour or so, but I am very <laughs> conscious of your time. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up the show for our audience? Well, first of all, I want people to know that anybody can learn this process. It's not that hard to learn. It just takes practice. Anything worth learning takes practice. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And it's a completely different way to live Mm -hmm. than being guided by your wounded self. And there's many ways to learn it. You can go to our website at innerbonding.com. We have many courses that teach inner bonding. I have 12 books out there. Many of them are about inner bonding. Um, I do a master class um, the first and third Wednesday of every month where I'm live and um, working with people so people can see the process at work. And that's a wonderful way and very inexpensive way of learning inner bonding. And, and then people can work with me too. I work with many people from all around the world. And we have a fabulous facilitator training program. So there's many trained facilitators around the world. If people can't afford me, there's somebody they can't afford if they want to work with somebody who's trained in inner bonding. So, and there's many free resources on our website. We have a free seven day course if people want to get the outline, the the basics of inner bonding. Uh, a great way to learn it is with my book, um, the Inner Bonding Workbook. That'll that's an in depth way to teach you very inexpensively. Um, how to do inner bonding. So there's many, many ways that people can learn this. Thank you, Margaret. And we'll have that in the show notes for sure. So as we wrap up the show, we always love to wrap up the show with three shiny golden nuggets. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our audience today? Well, I mean, one of them is how important it is to be open to learning from your feelings, to, to, to recognize that your feelings are informational, that they have so much to inform you. Um, The other is that you're not alone. You are not alone in the universe. You are always being watched out for. And the third is that the essence of free will is the ability to choose your intention. 
And when you choose, when you unconsciously choose the intention to control, that's what creates the problems in your life. When you consciously choose the intention to learn to love yourself, that's when everything begins to change. I love those three steps. Thank you. And you know what? They're so simple too. So I love them. Margaret, I can't thank you enough for sharing your wealth of wisdom. I think we're going to have to get you back on the show because there were so many questions I wanted to ask, but I'm also conscious and very respectful of your time. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for for even taking me through that little exercise. I've had lots of epiphanies today. So Good. thank you so very much. Oh, you're very welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm sure lots of people will be reaching out for you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.